What's up, basketball world? Welcome to the Go 100 Basketball Podcast. We will discuss basketball hot topics and current events from NBA to high school basketball news. I'm Big Go 100, the founder of Go 100 Basketball Training LLC and the nonprofit Go 100 Cares Foundation. I started this company, Go 100, to encourage the youth to do the best on and off the court and instill good life lessons from putting forth their best effort. I am a professional and collegiate basketball player that obtained my master's degree through scholarships from basketball. I started this company while finishing my master's degree and playing professionally and have been building this company for five years now. If you want to register for our upcoming events or purchase merchandise, you can visit go100basketball.com. Yo, 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 welcome back to the Go 100 podcast, where we're bringing you trending topics and basketball news. A lot of basketball news this week, but I want to start off with a clip by Kobe Bryant. Yeah, Kobe Bean Bryant, my all-time favorite player. I'm not sure what anybody else has to say, but this is the player that was the guy in my era. Of course, I'm in the LeBron era too, but, um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, patterning my game, it was more of a Kobe type of game because of my shooting ability and my skill set, not so much a LeBron type of game. So that's why, you know, I probably cling to Kobe as my, uh, favorite all-time player, uh, but anyhow, um, he was big on effort. I feel like he would have really liked this Go 100 concept because he was big on working hard and staying with it and being consistent, you know, so in this clip, that's what you all are going to hear. As a leader of a team, it's also your responsibility to elevate the rest of the guys. You have to get them emotionally to want to be better. You want, you have to get them to an emotional space where they wake up every morning driven to be the best version of themselves. And in practice, for me, it was a chance to, to drive them, to challenge them. And this is where you have to know your teammates. Because if it's late, you just had a back-to-back, and you had practice the next day, and you show up, guys don't feel like going through the motions, don't feel like practicing. It's important to know each and every one of them individually, personally. Because then you know what nerve to touch. And if practice is more intense and harder than a game seven will be, then a game seven will be easy. But if it's not, then that's when teams start folding and capitulating. I think the best way to prove your value is to work, is to learn, is to absorb, to be a sponge. But you always want to outwork your potential. As hard as you believe you can work, you can work harder than that. And that's what I tried to do when I first came in the league. But you know, basketball is such a direct competition sport. That competitive nature, the work ethic, and curiosity. Because I asked a lot of questions. I would always sit down and just ask questions about certain games that I studied growing up. What actually happened there? What did you feel there? Why? 
I always dreamed as a kid that you know it was possible to score 80 or 90 or 100. I always just like you know, had a dream. Sometimes you lay down in bed and you visualize things. I'd imagine playing for the Lakers, and I'd imagine what the uniforms look like. I'd imagine we would be playing, and the smell of the arena, and all sorts of stuff. And I would see myself, you know, getting hot. So you just keep dreaming and dreaming and dreaming, and before I go to sleep, I'm like at 120 points, you know. And so, and so when you grow up, downloading that into your brain over and over and over, and then you know that summer, I made a thousand shots a day, a thousand. They weren't just shots; they were shots that you saw in that game. They were specific shots. I mean. It was, coming out of the corner, going to the pinch post, footwork in the post, coming off the screen. It was very specific. So when you download that into your system and you go out in court and you're just executing things that you've done thousands of times before and you have that dream, then that becomes possible. Rudy was one of my favorite films growing up. After watching that film, I come to understand if I could work that hard every day, being blessed with the physical tools that I have, what would my career be? And I made a promise to myself from that day that I was going to work that hard every single day so that when I do retire, I have no regrets. And that was the most important thing for me is to leave no stone unturned, get better every single day. And if I live that way, then over time, you know, I'd have something that was beautiful. And that was my philosophy. It seems like a pretty simple one, but... If you live your life to just get better every single day, you do that for 20 years, I mean, what do you have? You know, basketball for me was the most important thing. So everything I saw, whether it was TV shows, whether it was books I read, people I talked to, everything was done to try to learn how to become a better basketball player. Everything, everything. And so when you have that point of view, then literally the world becomes your library to help you to become better at your craft. At 13 years old, you know, I played the longer game because my game wasn't about being better than you at 13. It was to be better than you when the chips are really on, on the line. So when you played at 13, I would size you up and see what your strengths and weaknesses are. How do you approach the game? Are you silly about it? Are you goofy about it? Are you good at it just because you're bigger and stronger than everybody else? Right? Or is there actually thought and skill that you put into it? Right? And when I'd play, I'd play to my weaknesses. Because when you're playing summer basketball, there's so many games. So there's not a lot of skill work being done. So when are you going to get better? Right? When you're playing in competition situations, you're only playing to your strengths. Why? Because you want to win. Right? So what I would do, I was work on the things during those games that I was weak at. Left hand, post game, pull up jump shot. Right? So I have a strategy. So then fast forward to when I'm 17 and my game is completely well-rounded and that player at 13 that I saw at 13 is still doing the same shit at 17. Now you got a problem. I see a lot of players take vacations with other players that are close friends. It's just to take vacations or just hang out, just to hang out. I never did that. Why, why, not? Why, why, why didn't you do that? Well, because when I retire, I didn't want to have to say, I wish I would have done more. I don't want that. What were some of the factors you looked at on how to improve your game season after season? The game itself was it's a complicated answer. So there, there are very tactical things in terms of footwork and geometry of the court. So you're looking at the court, 
and looking at the 45 degree angles that the court is, is shaped in and how it needs to operate. That's one component to it. So looking at spots on the floor where you can increase your efficiency. Right? You can be on the wing, but there's a certain spot on the wing that improves your angle to drive to the basket. Right? So that sort of stuff. Footwork of the opposition, looking at the emotion of the opposition, their tendencies and weaknesses and all that stuff. Understanding the momentum of the game, how to create momentum shifts, where momentum shifts come from, all this sort of stuff. And then studying outside of that, right? Looking at different industries, looking at conductors, looking at writers, looking at actors and how they get into character and then how do they keep themselves in that mental space. So um, looking at different, different industries, looking at nature itself mm. and learning from that and how you can incorporate that into the game. It, I, I, man, it's, it's a lot of studying. What is the conversation like with your wife and kids to say, listen, this is what I'm doing. How did that conversation go? Well, with the kids, it's different. So like the communication with, with our children is that Pops is working hard. This is the level of attention to detail you need to have in everything you do. So it's, it's setting the example. Same thing with my wife. My wife's a stay-at-home wife. It's the hardest job, man. So she works really hard at that. I mean, it's, you know, and so her attention to detail with that as well are examples for our children. And then for my wife, it's, you know, she's as competitive as I am. So she's like, listen, man, if you're going to be out here training eight hours a day, if you're going to spend nine months out of the year away from your family, you better win the championship. Um, but it's a balancing act. And that's the thing that's important is understanding that we have to have so much energy because for like Natalia and Gianna when they were babies, especially Natalia because she was doing prime years and I go to practice and I'd, I'd train and you know, I'd play the game and you know, I'd come home and I'd be sore and I'd be tired and she wants to go swimming, she wants me to take her to the park, she wants to just jump on my back or whatever the case may be. You can't say, I'm too tired, I'm going to lay down. Mm. That's not fair. She don't know what the hell's going on, right? And if this was a game, you'd suck it up and play. I play games with the flu. I play games with 102 degree fever, man. Powerful. You can't do that. That is can't. so powerful. Right? You gotta be on, man. Like sometimes I'd, I'd fly back. Like I'd play a game to not miss my daughter's birthday. I'd fly back, be there for her birthday, and then fly back with the team. Just to make sure I don't miss anything. You gotta lead by example. Parents, you gotta lead by example. If you want your kids to do whatever it is they want to accomplish in life, you have to show them. You can't, you got to show them. And that's what I tried to do. Competitiveness inside was like, no, I'm going to do something in the next 20 years that is better than these last 20. What I have to do now is make sure that the people that we bring in, these obsessives that we bring in, are challenging themselves to do the best job that they think they can do. That's what I'm there for is for them to constantly look in the mirror and self-assess and challenge themselves. If we have a project and you're saying, okay, I can do that, that's not the project we want. The projects that say, I don't know if I can animate that. I don't know how to write that story. I don't know how to do that. Those are the things we want because through that curiosity, you'll reach a level that you didn't think was possible. What is your recruiting approach? So if you're sitting now with me, I'm somebody you really want, you really want me on the team. What's your approach to recruiting? You want first place, come play with me. You want second place, go somewhere else. The Mamba mentality simply means 
trying to be the best version of yourself. That's what the mentality means. It means every day you're trying to become better. And it's a constant quest. It's an infinite quest. So starting at the age of two when I first started playing the game and on and on and on, I always asked questions. I always tried to get better every single day. At two, I could dribble a basketball. I could shoot a basketball on the nerf hoop at the house. And I would go to practice with my father. I would observe my father. I'd sit and watch games with him. I just constantly looked for things to learn from. I'm very observant. I think the greatest fear you face is yourself because you know, we all have dreams and it's very scary sometimes to accept the dream that you have. And it's scarier still to say, okay, I want that. It's scary because you're afraid that if you put your heart and soul into it and you fail, then how are you gonna feel about yourself, right? So being fearless means putting yourself out there and going for it, no matter what, go for it. Not for anybody else, but for yourself. My goal has changed drastically as I got older. It's like as a kid, I said, I want to be the best ever, right? And now you go through your life and everything you do is trying to be the best ever, be the best ever, be the best ever. And as you get older, you start understanding that those things are very superficial things. Right? And everybody has a different opinion about it. No matter what you do, I can win 20 championships. There's always an opinion on who's the best. Everybody has different opinions. And so I started really kind of understanding, maybe that's not the important thing. Maybe the important thing is to, how do we as a team grow? How do I help my teammates be better? So that was the first change for me. And then as I got older still, it became more about how are you inspiring others right, to find themselves? That is the ultimate championship. So won five championships, that's great. Another team won a championship this year. Team's gonna win a championship next year. Those things come and they go. But what stays is how do you use your passion and use that to inspire somebody else to create their passion and then how can they pass that on to the next person? That is true success. Dreams, it should be pure. I, I think a lot of times when we're born into this world, we actually wind up going backwards. And it seems like the more we mature, uh, the more responsible our dreams become, and the more governors we put on ourselves and our ability to dream. So it's not a matter of pushing beyond the limitations or expectations. It's really a matter of protecting your dreams, protecting your imagination. That's really the key. And when you do that, then the world just seems limitless. In this snippet that I'm gonna play, it's a compilation of NBA players talking about Kobe's greatness, talking about his work ethic and the effort that he put forth. You know what I mean? And when you wanna talk about the swagger, oof. I mean, Kobe had it, but as a competitor, I knew that Kobe was the one for me that I had. If I wanted to be great, that I had to get on the level of Kobe Bryant. The entire crowd was watching him, you know, like that's that's the that's the reach that he had. Every once in a while, you would see flashes. Yeah, then he would say some shit, then it, the whole room was like. I still couldn't stop it, and I knew what he was about to do over and over and over again, you know, <laughs> and that's just, that's a part of his greatness, man. Yeah, look at you know what? That's, that's he what loves he does. this time. Relishes it. And he and Gerald Wallace are having a conversation. That's Kobe and Gerald Wallace going at each other while Kobe's on the free throw line. Gerald's still talking to him. They're still talking to him. They're still having a conversation. As Kobe's about to shoot the biggest free throw of the night. Three-point game. 4.8 to play.
and he, and that's not like people think those stories are like not real. Like those stories are real. Rumor has it the story where Kobe was playing against the 76ers and Andre Iguodala had done a great job on him, held him to like seven for 20 shoot. So he literally went, when they went back to Philadelphia, he had that date marked on his calendar. So he came to the locker room and he was like, uh, where's Dre? And I was on the court working out, getting ready for the game. And uh, it was Lewis Williams, it was like, uh, he told Lewis Williams, he said, tell Dre 50 tonight. So I come back to the locker room and Lou Williams was like, yo, Dre, Dre, Kobe said 50 tonight. I'm like, I'm always ready to play against Kobe, so I'm like, okay, this will be a good matchup. Excited about it. So six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, he has 49, and they're about like 20, and he gets subbed out. So he, he got 49 with six minutes to go, and the game was over. So that was an interesting night. Uh, I actually went back and uh, I tracked that game. He made like three threes from like, where it says Staple on the side of the court. He made like three threes from like the P in Staples, which was like far. So, uh, yeah, and then we got a lot of pick and roll action. I'll never forget that game. The stories, I remember USA Basketball, uh, first practice, you know, he was like, he looked like, like, I don't want to say old, but he looked like, I was like, man, am I seeing like the end, you know, it's like he's starting to decline. I, I didn't tell anybody that, I would never say that out loud. <laughs> but I was just thinking that in my head, you know, because he just wasn't moving, you know, as, as, as well as, as he was. He's missing a lot of shots middle of summer so whatever but then I found out he had gone on like a 40 mile bike ride at like 11 p.m. that night got in at like 2 a.m. and then he was in the weight room and I got down there at 7 30 so you know it was just it was funny to me very fitting to me that I was like in my head I was too scared to say it to anybody else but I was like man am I seeing like the decline I was like oh no he's just worked out for 40 hours straight <laughs> Uh, I heard a story about early on in your career. You wore them. Obviously, you've been wearing them since the 12th grade. When you played against Kobe, did you wear his shoes or did you wear a different shoe? So, so early on, I remember, I remember who said something to me. Uh, I want to, I want to, I'm going to ask Vince if you remember this. I remember Vince, Vince was like, when you play against Kobe, do you wear shoes? I'm like, no, I, I haven't yet. I'm like, why? Like, nah, you you know, supposed to wear them, like, your opponent, opponent's shoe or blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so next time I played code, I wore some Jordans. It's the wrong fucking bang I should have did. As soon as I walked <laughs> on the court, as soon as I walked on the court, Cole was like, oh, that's what we doing, motherfucker? And didn't say nothing to me the rest of the game. Right? Hey, hey, you just <laughs> sounded so much like him right there when he said that. I'm That's what we doing, motherfucker. Yeah, you sounded just like Kobe right there, dude. That's crazy as hell. I'm he was, he was you, off bro. you, huh? He was off. Oh, then he played Bush your ass, ass too. What, man? And that <laughs> game, I swear to God, you can find a game too, bro. I remember I had hit one of somebody hit a shot, put us up like one. This, they called a timeout in front of our bench. This motherfucker walked past our bench while we was in the huddle, said, you left me too much time. Mm. Came out, hit the fucking game winner, right? Mm. So I was like, man. So after the game, I talked to him. He was like, like, damn, man, my bad. You know, blah, blah, blah. That's what's up. That's a, that's a crazy-ass story. That's what's up. Yeah, that's I don't, think, doing, yeah, I don't think I never yeah. told that. Yeah. Um, yeah, nah, but like, hey, hey, I swear to God that was him when you said it because he didn't said that plenty yeah. of times. That shit was crazy. Man. We were in the Olympics, right? And this is when I knew Kobe was a monster, though. You hear about it. You hear about it. But you really, if you don't see it, you really, really don't know. 
And so we get into a city, uh, one of the cities very late. And immediately we all go to the gym, you know, all my guys is, you know, it's Mello, it's me, it's Brian, it's Kobe. Like we all go to the gym, we all get our work in. It's, re it's real late. And so after we get done getting our work in, me and my guys, we say, hey, like, let's meet for breakfast in the morning. Like if you can't sleep, whoever first one wake up, hit us up, we're going to go eat. And so we do that. We probably get like three hours of sleep. You can't sleep much when you're traveling across the world, you know, like we were traveling. And we get probably get like three hours of sleep and we, we wake up, we go down to where the food is. As we walking down, you know, slumping with, with sleep in our eyes, Kobe Bryant is sitting there with ice on his knees already, right? So we walk up to Kobe, we like, Kobe, what, what's up? And he was like, oh, yeah, man, I just finished, uh, finished the workout and uh, I'm about to go do another one. And at that moment, I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> we just worked out about three hours ago, you know what I mean? And like, you've done another workout and you're about to go do another one? That's when I was like, okay, I got to get my stuff together. I got to get my shit together. Because this dude right here is on a whole different level uh, than even I'm on. And I'm supposed to be great, right? So that's the kind of person he was. And that's how he drove me. You know what I mean? Like this, this little stuff like that, I went back and said, okay, that means I got to work hard and I got to do more. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to share that little anecdote. That's great. He's a beast, man. He, he had a lot of respect for guys who busted their butts, you know, every single day, being that they were very talented or not. But if you came to work every single day, and you didn't bag down to him because he would test you. You know, that's the one thing I loved about it. He would right. test guys in practice. How would he test them? Oh, elbowing them, uh, talking to them, you know, telling them they can't guard him. You know, you got this guy out here and this guy can't hold my jock. You know, but I mean, he would talk so much stuff it, it, and he would really just to see how you're going to react to it. Bless me the rest of the script. All right, Show hands on me. Oh, oh. All right. You know, uh, and some of it I think is is – that he emulated some of the things that MJ did as well, because MJ was a terror in practice. Yeah, he was you hard know, on hard yeah, on he was hard on his teammates. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, I, you know, even the last two years I had him here, you know, uh, I wouldn't allow him to practice much, but there was days where he was like, "Well, B, B let me just scrimmage." And I was like, yeah, that, that sounds good. So, you know, we're going to scrimmage at about this time. Come on back out, you know, get yourself back loose and I'm going to let you scrimmage. And he would be in the scrimmage talking the whole time to guys, to Nick Young and to Jeremy Lenz and Carlos Boozers and just, and I would sit there sometimes and say, guys, you're not going to say nothing back? What started that back and forth though? Um, it was like, it was like a testing day for Kobe to test like Jeremy Lenz, test me and test like Wesley Johnson and yeah. other guys. So like from the start, he was killing Jeremy Lane. Like, I guess he wanted Jeremy Lane to be something he wasn't, but he was killing from the start of the practice. I don't know why we got him. Why is he here? Um, he had one good year talking crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, but during the practice, I'm up here like Jeremy Lane. Come on, man. You can't let, you can't go out like this. We ain't going out like this. Good. Not today. <laughs> I'm getting mad like Jermaine, come on man. Kobe, y'all soft like Sherman. Oh, I can't even get better practicing with y'all. And he would do it to just see which of these guys he could be in that foxhole with.
That's when I was like, all right, Cole, you talking too much. You can't guard me. Guard, stop guarding me. Uh, he was guarding Jeremy Lin. Guard me. Uh, yeah, guard me. <laughs> hey, no, that part. Yeah, guard me. And then we start going back and forth. I said nobody in the world could guard me because Gil was where it teaching comes me. From. Nobody in the world could guard me. Nobody in the world could guard me. Nobody in the world could Cause I said nobody in the world could go. Oh, so you look like, like lucky. I'm not from this world. Damn, <laughs> he good, bro. He doing So we going back and forth. It was fun. Then the next day, you know, we we won and won a game. And he was like praising us and all that type of shit. I love the when you waved them off. I think it was against the Spurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was the game. That was right after that. Oh, it that was, was right after that. In, that in the interview, about. I said. <laughs> But I, I feel something like about the Sherman tissue or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, from the yesterday practice, you know, Kobe talking all that trash kind of uh, inspired me today. So, but <laughs> you yeah. saw Black Sherman. But yeah. I feel like crazy respect crazy. Like Nick's got that mentality. <laughs> yeah. That like, yo, I'm gonna still shoot. I'm gonna play my game, that. and Kobe understands that. Yeah. You know, which of these guys I can mm -hmm. trust to have my back when I'm on the it court? It's a with? test. It's a test. Yeah. And he was always, you know, you know testing guys to in that way to try to find out you know which of these guys I can trust and, and go to battle with now young with two lets it fly it's good Nick Young for three and the Lakers lead with 7.4 remaining young sixth triple of the night like we had a Fuck, he gonna be mad at me for this. But look, we had a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> we got blew out in uh in Portland. We was getting blew out in um in Portland. So everybody, um, Kobe's in the locker room just waiting for everybody to come in. And you know everybody down there got Kobe's on the team, so Yeah. He come in. And he came in the locker room and he was like, from now on out, every time down the court. I touched the ball. Y'all gonna learn what it's like to play with Kobe Bean fucking Bryant. <laughs> How y'all gonna wear these shoes and y'all soft thing? what we do here in LA? So I'm not thinking nothing of it. He tells everybody to take their shoes off, take Kobe's off. I'm like, what? Okay. Oh, this motherfucker's serious. <laughs> this is dead ass serious. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you, man? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> nah, take them off, take them off. And so Nick Young playful ass. We go, we shower and shit, we come back. And y'all did? And we took them all. I mean, uh, <laughs> did y'all throw them in the middle of like the... Uh, in the middle of the pile, like pile all, he just started grabbing people's shoes and just throwing them, he threw them all in the trash. Oh, and wow. he's like, y'all don't deserve these. We shower and shit, we come back. Nick walking in the locker room, talking about, y'all better throw that motherfucker the ball or it's gonna be some shit around here. Straight so, up. Like, Nick never took anything serious, though. <laughs> <laughs> Which y'all start coming with? Yeah, come back in LeBron's and stuff right. like that. Well, what y'all say? Did anyone? I ain't gonna wear those anyway. No <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we had just got the shit kicked out of us, and Cole wasn't going for it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And so I just think mentally, like he meant that shit. My Kobe story is: we, we were in the player lounge. There was a couple of us, um, and we were playing spades. And he kind of came in. And we were drinking a little wine, playing some spades, just chilling. And he came in, sat down, poured himself a glass, and he was kind of like reading a paper. So this is 2008. So they had just lost to the Celtics in the finals, like tragically, if memory serves. And so he opens up the paper and there's like this article about it. And there's a picture of Paul Pierce. So 
I see it. We kind of are, and you know, like it's Kobe Bryant. Listen, it's 2008. We're all sitting there. Fuck Kobe Bryant sits down and pours a glass of wine. We're like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know? And then we look over and he's tearing out the picture of Paul Pierce. <laughs> so he cuts it out and he folds it up. He puts it in his pocket and like, we're all looking at him, you know, <laughs> like what's, what's going on? He's like motivation. We're like, oh, cool. <laughs> and then he proceeded to like chug his wine, pour another glass, chug it, Poured the third, and he was like, basically, like <laughs> he looks over and he's like, "Now I'm one ahead of you guys." We we're like, "Okay." That is great. That is such a great story. I so when I hear those stories about Kobe, and I hear them from so many people, I'm like, "Yo, was he really like? Was some of it uh, performance art? Like yeah. some of it was like, I've got to, I've got to live up to this reputation. Like, who does that? We show the real world. Yes, that used to be on M MTV. Yeah, uh, Kobe was a rookie. Arn was my agent as well. And I was the elder statesman of the firm. And Arn called me up and was like, you know, do you want do you mind talking to this young kid and show him what the NBA is all about and how to conduct yourself? I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll talk to this this kid. We were set to play a game of basketball versus the world the real world cast. It was shot in Hollywood, and all I remember is Gail continuing to say to me, look, when you guys get there, you're going to get there before the cast of Real World. All Kobe wants to do is play you one-on-one. -on -one. He just wants to play you one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one. I'm like, look, I'm 10 years in. This is 96, 97 year that summer, so he had one year in. So I'm 10 years in. I'm not going to play this young cat one-on-one. -on -one. I'm like... All right, I'll play a soft game of one-on-one -on -one versus them, but our focus should be going against the real world cast. <laughs> so we get there, and we're playing soft one-on-one, -on -one and, you know, I'm doing my step-back jumper. I know you've alluded to this before. And he's like, how do you do that move? And, I, you know, I kind of show him because I was trying to take things from him as well. He had this killer crossover. I'm like, wow, how do you do that? So we're exchanging our go-to moves. Well, a conversation turned into text messages and phone calls every day because, like you said, he was gathering information. We reached the Bulls in the conference finals, and he was like, so what was it like what, going to get Jordan? He wanted to be bigger than life. And at that time, that person bigger than life, and still is, is Michael Jordan. And I didn't have a very strong relationship with MJ. But Kobe wanted to know what was all the intricate talking and trash talking and moves that were going on between MJ and I. What did you do? Like, where were your game plans? What was this? I was like, man, this that black cat, there was no answer for him, man. We tried this, we tried that. That black cat was doing this and that. And I'm thinking to myself, what does this kid want to know about all this MJ talk for? There's only one black cat, you know, because I, I referred to call Michael Michael Jordan or Jordan, I always called him the black cat. It's like the black cat was, you know, we were doing this and I'm talking to Kobe. And I'm like, Kobe. He's like, you know what? He's like, you know what? Well, you better get ready for the caramel cat because he's coming. <laughs> so before the black mamba, before the black mamba, his nickname was the caramel cat. <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> this young 17 year old, I'm talking about the greatest ever. He says, you're going to refer to me as the caramel cat. 
That's how much confidence he had back then. This is like one year into it. He's like, well, you better get, forget the black cat. You better get ready for the caramel cat because he's coming. And I thought about it. I'm like, fast forward two or three years later, it was 2-1. And then game four that you mentioned, you fouled out. I'm thinking, you know, you already had 50 and 25. Great. That's a loose ball foul on Shaq. That'll be number six. What a big play. Three years later in the NBA Finals, that same move that I was showing him in my step back, he hit in game three after Shaq fouled out. Reggie Miller, the marquee matchup we talked about. Look at Reggie Miller squaring him up. These two guys played one-on-one all summer in L.A. Kobe takes it between his legs. He pulls it back, hits the jumper, and then sort of gives it, you know, take your time. Everything's cool. As he's running down the court, passing me on the button, says, you never should have showed me that step back. I'm going to kill this young kid. I'm going to kill this young kid. Brilliant. Go 100 basketball training has a new event coming up this fall. The fall fundamentals training is in progress now and will be going on until November 17th. So register right now at go100basketball.com. We even have the event on Eventbrite if you want to register and get your tickets there. Thanks again. NBA news. They just had the NBA Hall of Fame. And they inducted Tim Hardaway, you know, with the, you know, the king of the crossover. He hits you with the bop, bop, the two crossover, the double cross. I really feel like that's a move that he came out with. And he even has a son who's playing in the NBA right now, Tim Hardaway Jr. He's currently in the league. So... I think it's a a great look that they inducted him into the Hall of Fame because he deserves it. I feel like he was definitely a pioneer for the small guards in the NBA. So congrats to him in making that achievement. I think that's great for him and his family, you know, um, even though their family is blessed because, you know, like I was saying earlier, his son is currently in the NBA playing for the Dallas Mavericks. So, you know, that shows that he was really true to this game, you know, not only, you know, making it to the NBA as a smaller player, but ex- excelling. And then, you know, teaching his son the game to where his son uh, can make it into the NBA and excel. So, And then they had Manu Ginobili, another pioneer. I feel like he's the one that really merged the American game with the European game. Like, you know, D-Wade was doing the Euro step heavy. He was doing all of those Euro moves heavy, like the gather dribble low, the uh, the gather over the top into the Euro, you know. But I feel like the first person I seen do that in transition, in traffic, was Manu Ginobili. 
for the San Antonio Spurs. You know, he's a champion, a proven good player. So I feel like he deserves that. So, you know, shout out to Ginobili and shout out to Tim Hardaway. Some more NBA news, but not necessarily because it's about overseas. They're having the Eurobasket tournament right now, and they have a lot of NBA players headlining, like Luka Doncic, Rudy Gobert, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, you know. So these are stars for their respected NBA teams, and they're over there holding it down for their country. So um, Giannis has been doing good. I think he just tweaked his ankle a little bit in one of the games, but he's fine. Luka's been going crazy too. I just seen him have a, a him and Drogic are on the same team. They had a great game the other day versus France, I believe, Rudy Gobert's team. So um, that whole Eurobasket tournament is still progressing. So it wraps up September 18th. If you all are looking to watch the championship game, it'll be September 18th sometime in the evening. You know, sometime uh, that evening on September 18th. More NBA news. 2K23 just dropped. <laughs> I know a lot of my players are excited about that. You know, just dropped NBA 2K23. That's all I've been seeing online from social media to YouTube. You know, is people making skits and stuff about, you know, being on the game so much or uh, people uploading their player builds to YouTube, showing off their player builds. So um, I think that's cool, you know. And I also think, you know, playing NBA 2K23 or whatever the game may be and what sports you play helps. It helps with learning. It helps with decision-making. And it helps with progressive thinking. You know, so a lot of people try to shun people playing the game, but I think I read somewhere that people that play video games are more intelligent than people that don't as far as operational skills. So, <laughs> you know, um, and that's all the NBA news I have for right now. WNBA news. The playoffs are going on right now for the ladies. So... One of my favorite players, Candace Parker, and her team, the Chicago Sky, they just got eliminated by Connecticut. I was upset. She played a great game. I really locked in on her defensively. And, you know, it was time for her teammates to step up and, and you know, help. And, you know, that that could have potentially won them the game. But anyhow, she played well. And, you know, if, if they would have continued, they would have been the defending champs going for back-to-back. So that matters. Um, but the Aces, another team I was telling you all about, they just advanced to the finals. So it will be the Aces versus Connecticut in the WNBA finals coming up next week. If you all want to. Uh, tap in and check that out. Uh, some more news. I was telling you all in the NBA news about the Hall of Fame induction. 
Swin Cash of the WNBA. She's a pioneer on the WNBA side. She is inducted into the Hall of Fame. So congrats to her and her family on making that achievement. The Go 100 Cares Foundation is currently doing a food drive. As we're going into these colder months, we're going to be accepting donations of non-perishables, canned goods, different foods we can get to these families that are going to need it. So if you want to donate, you can contact us at go underscore 100 at yahoo.com and we'll you know, set everything up where you can make your donation and get it to the families. If you actually want to you know, be a part of the donating process where we physically hand the goods to the families, you know, for pitch opportunities or, you know, for charity reasons, let me know at go underscore 100 at yahoo.com. That way we can uh, talk about it and set everything up. But the food drive is already in progress and it'll be going on until before Thanksgiving this year. Thanks. All donations are appreciated. Some college basketball news. The Big 12, the conference that I am, that I'm in and grew up around, is looking to add more teams. More specifically, teams from out west. The new commissioner of the Big 12 is very adamant about adding teams from out west. He's actually uh, going to visit Cincinnati, a team soon to be in the Big 12, and he's wanting to check with other teams in that time zone to potentially join the Big 12. Some more news. Bronny James. I know I told you all about him and his dad going to the Ohio State uh, Buckeyes football game last week, and they were chanting, we want Bronny. So this week... Ohio State actually offered Bronny a scholarship. And, you know, he's in his senior year of playing high school basketball. So it was, it was really like two years ago he, he should have decided, you know, what he was going to do. But with how everything is set up with today's game, it's really up to the player and their parents to make that move. So I know LeBron wants what's best for his son. And, you know, playing somewhere collegially is not a bad look. It's not like these other dudes or other players, should I say, that are in high school who don't have the same opportunities or even the wealth that Bronny has. You know, Bronny doesn't have to do this for a scholarship. <laughs> a lot of these other players have to do it for a scholarship. He's in a totally different position in life. So I feel like him and his family understand that. So, boom, Ohio State offered him, and then if you all want to go to his Instagram right now, he should have pictures up there in the Ohio State Buckeyes gear. And I don't know. I think it might be a good look for him. I haven't checked out the roster, but I know Ohio has a huge respect for LeBron James. So, I feel like Bronny would kind of be blanketed by that as far as um, playing time, um, and then, you know, how things will go with him being Ohio. At Go 100 Basketball, we've been working really hard on our merchandise. 
as well as our NFTs. We have some NFTs about to release. You can check them out on go100basketball.com. And these aren't just, you know, your regular NFTs. These NFTs actually have a utility and you can actually use them on purchases of merchandise as well as discounts on upcoming events. So if you want to check those NFTs out, you can go to go100basketball.com under the NFTs link. We also have a discount code for our merchandise, a 20% discount code. All you have to do is type in go100 at checkout. High school basketball news. High school basketball is in preseason right now. They got the kids working out and training and everything because official practice starts in October. So it's starting soon. It's gearing up, getting ready for that time. Here in Oklahoma, I know there's a lot of scrimmages coming up and things like that. So stay tuned for more updates. Oklahoma basketball news. The Thunder, the OKC Thunder, recently held a private workout in L.A. It was a team workout, too. I've seen Giddy there. I've seen Josh Gildress Alexander. I've seen a lot of the new signees. I've seen Trey Mann there. So I think the Thunder are really ready for this season you know because you know the preparation starts way before the season it starts way before preseason you know so that these guys are getting together and working out together working on that chemistry and and that team bonding and everything like that is really going to help and benefit the team stay tuned for more OKC Thunder basketball news and Oklahoma hoop news Go 100 Basketball Training and the Go 100 Cares Foundation recently partnered with Eventbrite. If you all want to go on Eventbrite and register for our upcoming events, just type in Go-100 Basketball and you'll be able to see our upcoming events from the Fall Fundamentals training to the food drive we currently have going on on Eventbrite.com. Thank you. Yo, I want to give a big thank you to everybody that tuned in this season. This is the season finale for season one. We got a good 10 episodes in. We progressed each episode. If y'all go back and listen from the very first episode, we progressed in time. I progressed in the effects added, the different aspects that we gave you all the news. So if you just want to go back and listen to season one, Feel free. It's on Spotify and Apple Music. But thank everybody that listened and, you know, tuned in and, you know, gave us some time to hear what's going on with Go 100 Basketball. We're going to be starting up a new season in November, you know, when basketball is really, really moving and everything like that. And we're going to add a different angle. We're going to add some video. We're going to have live guests, different interviews. So stay tuned, and thanks again for everybody to tune in. For replays, you can go to go100basketball.com or go to Spotify and type in the Go 100 Podcast. Same thing on Apple Music. But thank you all, 
and stay tuned for more. The Go 100 Basketball Podcast will be a weekly podcast where we will discuss basketball hot topics, also sharing interesting basketball stories and history from the world of basketball. I will also interview professional, collegiate, and high school players. We want to build a community in basketball of showing kids to do their best. Go 100. You can find us on all social medias from TikTok, to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and visit our website, go100basketball.com for registration of upcoming events as well as purchasing merchandise.